When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about something the other day. Uh, Kanye West. That's one word mm, and then a second word. Mm, I like that. All right. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. You put them together and you end up with. Well, it's still like one entity. One entity, two words. Oh wow! I was really behind you on that one. I thought, I thought, I thought you were in the pocket with me. No, I forgot what song we were covering. <laughs> two words. It's two words. How many uh, words is your name made up of? Christopher Jeffrey Herschel Lambert. Oh God! And I'm Travis Bean. And yeah, like Chris said, we're covering two words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not with you either. <laughs> <laughs> I only have two words in my name. I don't even have a middle name. I got rid of it. Yeah, you just deleted it? That's how much I love two words. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when you got that tattoo. It was just two words written as two words. Well, I used to have my full name, Travis Lee Bean, tattooed on my back, but I had to go get the middle part. I put Kanye's face over it, so now it just says Travis Bean on either side of his face. It's a very confusing message. It is, but it isn't. (laughs) You just have to have a certain level of sophistication to get it. Right. It either says nothing or says everything. Just depends on who views it. It's more of a statement of you than it is you, you know? You as in the other. Right. Rather than you, Travis Bean. Yeah, absolutely. I'm following all of this. Metaphysics. And this crazy (laughs) little thing that we call life. (laughs) This This opening is as complex as two words. Yeah, okay, so this song is pretty... I want to say that it's the most dynamic when it comes to Kanye's sample use and layering and the context around the song of any of the ones that we've covered so far. Yeah, it's one of those songs that gives me a headache just even thinking about talking about it. Okay, so a little bit of backstory here. With (laughs) College Dropout... I'm laughing because whenever I go to Genius and scroll down to get the track list for College Dropout, it's always showing me the (laughs) mixtape. So I scroll down and I just see the 36 songs from Get Well Soon. (laughs) Uh, One of the interesting things that Kanye does on the College Dropout is that getting into the second part of the album, once Kanye's into the music scene, he brings in a lot of referential concepts and ideas 
starting with Get Em High and having To Live be in a song that's as superficial as that, same with Common. And then going into something like Breathe In, Breathe Out, where he has a reference to Talib's song Respiration mm-hmm. that he did with Mostaf. And essentially saying, like, I'm aware that songs like Respiration exist and that this is supposed to be this, like, conscious, highbrow, m- meaningful place that rap can get to. But I'm doing Breathe In, Breathe Out, which is just another way of saying respiration, and it's bullshit ice rap. Like, how disappointing is that? That I'm capable of more, but this is what I'm doing. And he plays with these ideas of the outside references, bringing meaning to the songs. And after that low point in Breathe In, Breathe Out, and the resurgence of the spirit that he gets on School Spirit, you have two words. And two words is essentially just him like pulling in all of these resources to make this statement and to make a song that's much more meaningful in the way that respiration would be that contrasts with breathe and breathe out. But in order to do so, it's just so much going on. Yeah. It's one of the things I've discovered about college dropout and something I had never really realized. And it's all coming together now is how essential the features are on college dropout. Cause I think at some point, you know, features just became features. Like there's always been, there's a reason you know, he has Nicki Minaj and Jay-Z on Monster and all of those people come in and so appalled. Like they represent his his posse and like his group, his entity. And there's meaning to that. But I feel like you look at early in his career, like he needed these features. Like he was somebody who had these next level aspirations and wanted to conquer the world and wanted to follow in the footsteps of all the people that motivated him. And that included Jay-Z, Mostef, Talib, Common. And it must mean so much to get these people on your very first album. Like, who the hell gets to do that on their first album? You usually have to work your way up. Kanye, being Kanye, like, weaseled his way in there and, like, got everybody to think, like, holy shit, this guy is going to, like, do something amazing. So he got all these people on his album. And as you're noting with the samples, there's something deeper to that. Like, there's more than just, like, ooh, I'm going to get all of my heroes on my album. Look how great I am. Kanye's really paying tribute to them. And letting them know and the world know, like, what he's going to do with the lessons they're teaching him. And one of the ways he does that, because he's an artist, is through the samples, like you're saying. Like, there's so much meaning to sampling respiration, to interpolating the Jay-Z song, as we'll talk about in two words. There's there's layers there. There's context. There's a narrative being built from that. It's just kind of insane. I... I mean, I think Kanye's sampling and features are still pretty amazing to this day, but they're not what the college dropout does. Like, there's something really special and precious about the college dropout. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we've talked about typically is that for what we do in the narrative and thematic artistry and understanding, we tend to look at Kanye improving chronologically, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why we tend to put so much value on the later albums, just because... We feel he's using more difficult techniques and doing things in this deeper, complex way that for us, we get to nerd out about. But I don't know if he's ever repeated with features and samples the layered and contextual way that he does on College Dropout. Like, Yeezus comes close in ways, but 
I don't know if it's like to the point that he does it here as maximal as he does it here. Sure. I, I think the big difference to me is as far as narrative and storytelling, what he does on say Jesus is really amazing. The way he utilizes like Chief Keith and Bonavere say how he creates these two different levels of your personality, like the good and the bad angel on each shoulder. Like he, he really does some amazing stuff. I think the college dropout is more just is much more important to Kanye as an artist. Like the kind of insight we're getting into Kanye through studying the features and samples on the college dropout is way different than Yeezus. Like on Yeezus, we're just seeing the mastery of his art. We're seeing somebody just on another level of thinking. College dropout is like a blueprint of Kanye. Like we can really understand him through who he's featuring on the album and what samples he's using. Yeah. So we have two samples uh, that are just the musical samples and then a bunch of interpolations, which the interpolations are what give it uh, kind of the insanity. Mm -hmm. So the first one that we have is Peace and Love, Movement 4, parentheses, Encounter, (laughs) by Mandrill. Uh, so it's a self-titled album from 1971 and the album's kind of strange when you look through the track listing it starts off with mandrill goes to warning blues symphonic revolution rolling on and then peace and love movement one two three four five and uh then ends with chutney (laughs) so it seems very much to be a concept album and in this movement four, the encounter you start off with verse one Ever since this world of ours began, man's been killing off his fellow man, cursing and swearing and threatening the other side, as he waves flags and symbols saying peace to all mankind. Lord, the air is foul with the smell of hypocrisy, as bloody armies scream, screams for victory, lying there in the mire is a mama and child, their anguished cries trampled by boots on either side. So immediately this is outside the realm of the superficial and getting into something very serious about the world. Life and death, uh, government and hypocrisy, like freedom and revolution. Then we get into verse two. Now with bloodshot eyes, we look out beyond Earth's gate, seeking new planets to plant seeds of hate. Progress, it said, makes for a softer bed, but no one will lie easy if everyone lies dead. Now it's time, I think, and I think you'll all agree, to love thy neighbor and set all men free. So take the shackles from the wings of the dying dove and permit her to fly away to peace and love. In the second verse, it resonates with the opening of the college dropout in that we have that span of songs that really focus on the tension of directionality. Where all falls down, you get this idea of moving downward, countered then by I'll fly away, spaceship, that take you on an upward trajectory. Moving into Jesus Walks, where you have the tension between Jesus trying to lift you up and the devil trying to take you down, followed then by Never Let Me Down, where once you're in this ascended place, you never want to go back down to where you were. So it seems fitting that we have this verse that talks about reaching this elevated point of view and the shackles from the wings of the dying dove, 
when Kanye in his journey in music is now at this point where he is trying to free himself again to make the music that he wants to make. And verse three, as I lay in death-like in the path of war, my eyes chanced to open and there far above the wasteland, a solitary blood-stained bird strained to make the heavens. Sanctuary, sanctuary, I thought she cried. As the weeping clouds looked down upon her, a rainbow came to guide her. The heavens did receive her as all souls rejoiced. So you get this vision then of somebody finding this better tomorrow, that there could be hope even though you know, you're lying in death in the path of war, that there's something for a better tomorrow. And two words really is a return to a more conscious Kanye on this album after we've gotten away from that. You know, you go from songs like We Don't Care and All Falls Down and Spaceship into the superficiality of Get Em High, New Workout Plan, Slow Jams, Breathe In, Breathe Out, to then come back to uh, a song like Two Words that sees a return to the, the conscious, social-leaning, I'm looking at the world and what's wrong with it, and having this song then as the sample that's giving it context it's very fitting. I think that goes back to everything we started the episode talking about. That passion you feel. I, I feel like so many artists early on in their career, I guess anybody early in their career, kind of goes on that journey where you start out impassioned, like you want to do something more. And then you have this middle period where reality kind of sets in and like, you know, maybe you're not conquering the world as much as you thought you would. Maybe you're not enacting as much change as you thought you would. And it can bring you down. It can make you question yourself. Ultimately, it's upon you to bring yourself out of that and remember to get back to your roots and to remember that it's not always about the amount of change you're making or, you know, you don't have to put a, a quantity on it. It's ultimately about, like, what are you passionate about? Like, how do you feel when you're creating what you create? When you're, how do you feel about the vibes you're putting out there? And it's kind of on you to to find that passion, you know, to, to make what you're doing worth something. And then, you know, as you're noting, as the sample notes, Connie's doing that here, you know, he's finding that inspiration within himself and he's finding it from the, the peers and his, uh, his idols, as we'll see as most stuff is on the song. And as he interpolates Jay-Z, like he's really trying to harness that energy. Yeah. Especially after having gotten the spirit, the school spirit back in the previous yeah. song. Uh, the second sample we have is a song called The Rainmaker by The Fifth Dimension. First day in August, and the last rain was in May. When the rainmaker came to Kansas in the middle of a dusty day, said the rainmaker to the people, what are you prepared to pay? Said the rainmaker to the people, I'll conjure up some rain today. So it starts, the first day in August, last rain was in May, when the rainmaker came to Kansas in the middle of a dusty day. Said the rainmaker, said to the people, tell me what you are prepared to pay. Said the rainmaker, said to the people, now I'm a conjure up a rain today. 90 degrees neath the trees where it's shady, 110 in the hot sun, heat from the street burn the feet of the ladies, see how they run. So it sets up this world where they're in need of water. And this rainmaker has the ability to cool them down, to bring 
uh, has this ability to cool them down and to bring them the resource that they're missing and needing. Mm -hmm. So we get the second verse, call down the lightning by a mystical name and the Raymaker called on the thunder and suddenly it began to rain. And the Raymaker passed his hat to the people, but the people all turned away. And the Raymaker's eyes and the Kansas skies, well, they both became a darker gray. So here he does what he's able to do and brings them this rain that they wanted. And when he asks for some kind of repayment, some kind of help for helping them, they don't want to give him anything. So then we come into the last uh, verse. First day of August, the last rain was in May. When the Rainmaker came to Kansas in the middle of a dusty day, the Rainmaker smiled as he hitched up his wagon, and without a word, he rode away. Then the people of the town heard the sound of his laughter, and they knew the rain had come to stay. Rain, rain, go away, come again another day. So at this point, because they refused to pay him and give him the response that he wanted and thought was fair for the work he was doing, he's just going to keep making it rain on them, which they'll have the opposite problem that they started the song with, right? There'll be flood, everything will be soaked. That's not good either. But you can kind of see how this plays into the narrative that we've had so far in College Dropout, where Kanye has this ability to make amazing music. And when he finally gets his opportunity in the music industry, it's just doing a lot of bullshit, right? Like as catchy as uh, Get Em High is, New Workout Plans, Slow Jams, and Breathe In, Breathe Out are, ultimately they're superficial songs that prove counter to the point that Kanye is trying to make, that there's this deeper stuff going on and the music should be deeper. Kanye's the rainmaker that put his hat out and nobody responded. And now he's at a point where he's going to let the rain come down. He's going to unleash his power and do the things that he's going to do. So, okay, those are the two samples that just give us the context of the song, the attitude that we're going for, and kind of the, the sense of tone, right? Uh, but as soon as we get those out of the way, the song starts with two interpolations, which, who, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. In the year 2002, not long before College Dropout came out, Beanie Siegel had a song called Got Nowhere. And on that song, it's very conscious, right? Like that paints such a 
depressing scene right away, <laughs> but really sets you in the the place that you're at. And then he just paints the picture of that world, and you get to the hook. So Kanye interpolates that saying, you know, we in the streets still like get your mail, get your money. It's either two places you end up dead or in jail and we still have nowhere to go. Like years later, there's still nothing else for us. So Beanie Siegel's Got Nowhere lyrics actually interpolate the Jay-Z song Dead Presidents. So sick of niggas. I want money like Cosby. Who would? Is this kind of talk that make me think you probably ain't got no putting? Niggas got them kind of dreams from jail. You in the streets, nigga, make your moves, get your mail. Niggas are coasting the SL. So Beanie takes that from 1996 <laughs> and reinterprets it for Got Nowhere and just saying, like, yeah, you know, you can get your mail, but you're either going to end up dead or in jail. And then you have Kanye bringing that all the way back. Yeah. And I think, again, this gets at why Kanye has Jay-Z on the album, why Jay-Z is on what might be the most essential song on this, on this entire album, Never Let Me Down. Yo, first I snatched the streets, then I snatched the charts. First I had their ear, now I have their heart. Rappers came and went, I've been here from the start. I've seen them put it together, watched them take it apart. Because Kanye is looking to rise out of the low place he's in, you know, out of the spaceship environment. He wants to fly away and finally get out into the world and create the music that is going to inspire people. So having Jay on that song, you know, Kanye trying to get to that and the attitude and aura that Jay represents. And I think Kanye is bringing that back here in two words. Again, the part of the album where we see him getting back to that never let me down mentality, we see Jay saying, get your mail. And you can read that as a superficial, oh, just go get your money and get paid. And that's all that matters. But I think it, it's so much more with Jay because making money for Jay wasn't just a sign of wealth. It was a sign of power. It was the sign of you can be more than you're told you can be. And that's what speaks to Kanye, reaching this heightened status that Jay's on, you know, on top of the world, like extending beyond hip hop, just kind of transcending the idea of even being a rapper. Kanye is bringing that attitude here. Like, it's not just about going to get money. It's get your mail, like go out and make that money because you earned it. You made that money because you made music that inspired people that you did something you weren't supposed to do. And I think ultimately that's what we're seeing here. That's what Beanie's channeling. And that's what Kanye's channeling through Beanie, through Jay, like there, there are all those layers there and they're all coming together in this, just the opening three lines of this song, Kanye is letting you know how much he means business. Well, so we have that just in the intro, <laughs> um, this legacy kind of from Jay to Beanie back to two words. And then the chorus comes in and starts with now throw your hands up, hustlers, busters, boosters, hoes. Everybody fuck that. Still nowhere to go. Still nowhere to go. Now, throw your hands up, hustlers, busters, boosters, hoes, actually comes from another Jay-Z song called Do It Again, Put Your Hands Up. And in that song, it talks about going to the club. And you have the first verse actually by Beanie. Mac, you know how Mac come through on the club. 
Everybody real deep on the dub uh-huh. tip. Cop Chris, the club on the dub uh-huh. tip. Cop Chris, soup in the club. Uh-huh. Quick, told y'all real. And then you have Jay-Z in verse two, talking about very similar things, just where he is in the world, how people are trying to do what he does, but nobody can do it as well as he does, and just showing how he got to this point. But he ends the verse saying, I came back in his plane, same rapping the same. The flow, y'all jacking our slang. I seen the same happen in Kane. Three cuts in your eyebrows, trying to wild out. The game is ours, we'll never foul out. Y'all just better hope we gracefully bow out. Throw your hands up, ladies, fellas, busters, hustlers, everybody. But just this idea that Jay in the club, when he tells everybody to throw your hands up, there's this authority to it that comes at the end of the verse that's really counter to what we had from Kanye on Get Em High, where he's kind of like, hey, everybody, like, can you get your hands up? Please, like, I'm trying to talk to this girl who, uh, Talib, can you uh, tell her that you know me? Yeah, and it also really reeks of somebody just starting out in their career who doesn't really know how to motivate people. It's just kind of, you know, asking them to be into him. Yeah, like, hey, this is what I say, right? Like, get your hands up. I heard Jay say this, so, like... (laughs) I'm saying this now, that imitation that you were talking about earlier. But in Get Em High, compare that to two words and the attitude that Kanye has on two words where he's just like, now throw your hands up, hustlers, busters, boosters, hoes. Getting into the idea then of everybody fuck that <laughs> because this is getting beyond just the club. This is getting beyond like the superficial stuff that he was saying on Get Em High. Like People still have nowhere to go. And you're getting back into this more serious Kanye. Yeah. And I think that line specifically really gets at something important. And that, again, I think if you read Jason very superficially, you could just see it as a knock against other rap groups or anybody that's competing with Jay, that he is on top, that nobody can top him. But again, I think it goes beyond that. It's a sign of power. It's the sign that the rap you create, you know, the the art you create connects with these people, connects with the hustlers, busters, boosters, and hoes. That you make music that inspires the little people. <laughs> the little people is like a stupid term to use, but, you know, inspires the people listening to music. You're not just looking to make money and get your paycheck and go. It's about creating something bigger and doing more and affecting change. And I think, again, whether or not that's what Jay is actually saying on his song, I think that's what Kanye channels. I think that's the inspiration he derives from Jay. And I think that's why he brings this line into the song. He isn't just trying to create this workout plan or get a song, a slow jams playing in the club. Like he wants to create something that actually gets those people in the club motivated and going. Right. Which is something that he was very cognizant of on we don't care and all falls down and spaceship of making music that was about the people and for the people, even Jesus walks. You look at the start of the second verse of Jesus walks to the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug dealers, even the scrippers, Jesus walks for them to the victims of welfare. Feel we living in hell here. Hell yeah. Now hear ye, hear ye want to see thee more clearly. Like he's speaking directly to the people on Jesus walks and trying to connect with them while also trying to ascend himself and in that way bring them with him this music's for you when he gets away from that in the middle part of the album like 
this is now him returning to that and having that uh, lyrical callback as well as drawing the inspiration from Jay directly. Yeah. And I think this really exposes why so many people are attached to old Kanye and prefer college dropout and late registration over say Jesus and the life of Pablo. Like I think Kanye is still trying to find that connection with people in his later albums. It just isn't as blatant it is as it is on college dropout. Like we literally see him with the people then move away from the people and at the end begging them to come back and listen to him. All that's happening on the later albums. But I mean, here it's, it's written out in almost in plain form that, you know, Kanye's trying to capture that energy again. So you have the, the Jay references and then Jay uh, connections to Beanie uh, with Beanie sampling Jay or interpolating Jay on Got Nowhere and Dead Presidents and then Jay and Beanie being on the same song for Do It Again, Put Your Hands Up, going into two words, which is not the end of it. <laughs> oh my God, we've spent 40 minutes on the first couple lines. I know. It's going to be a little wilder, <laughs> but... Now let's get into the first verse, shall we? So we start with most deaf. And if you look at the college dropout as sections, you have the section from we don't care, you know, sort of up through never let me down. And then get them high through breathe in, breathe out. And then school spirit acts as a kind of pivot point before you enter into or kind of a, a reboot before heading into this last portion where Kanye's reconnected with the energy he wants to have and has this climactic run concluding the album. It's noteworthy that the second portion starts with Talib Kweli being a guest on the song and ends with Kanye referencing how disappointed <laughs> Talib and Mos Def would be with him and the music that he's making, and that the resurgence features Mos Def on the song. And just that connection of most deaf and Talib being part of Black Star, the breathe in, breathe out, respiration, connection. There's something to that. So you start off with most deaf, uh, and he kind of breaks his verse into a few sections, uh, each time starting with two words. Two words, United States, no love, no breaks, no brown, high stakes, crack smoke, black folks, Big Macs, fat folks, ecstasy capsules, presidential scandals, everybody move. Two words, most death, K-West, hot shit, calm down, get back, ghetto people got this, game pong, lock shit, gun pong, cock shit, we won't stop shit, everybody move. Two words, B-K-N-Y, Ben Stuy, too hard, too hungry, too many, that's why. These streets, no game, can't ball, don't play, heavy traffic, one lane, everybody move. Two words, most death, blackjack, hot shit, calm down, get back, ghetto people got this. Game ball lock, gun ball cock, we won't stop, everybody move. You have the first section, two words, United States, no love, no breaks. In that first section of Moses' verse, he takes a look at American culture as he's seeing it. And definitely much different than what we were getting on the last section, right? Uh, this is him talking about the United States having no love and no breaks, like crack smoke with black folks, like uh, ecstasy capsules and presidential scandals. It's a bleak landscape. Yeah, I think this is really important because most will start to do more very specific scene setting. 
but it's good to create the macro environment here. And before we really get into the nitty gritty and see people in pain and people who need help, these are these next level things that they can't control that are trapping them in these situations. <laughs> Ecstasy capsules, presidential scandals, like this idea that drugs were brought into these communities and destroying them. Like these are just, that's just shit you can't deal with and can't help. Yeah. And you just, everybody needs to move. Like you can't just stay stuck in this environment is how he tries to end it. Uh, and then you have the transition again, two words comes back and most goes a little bit more uh, broad with things like most deaf K West hot shit. Calm down, get back. Ghetto people got this. Well, I think in this verse or in this part of the verse, it really is, you know, he's painting the landscape and he's trying to get people motivated to move. You know, he says everybody move. And then I feel like, the next part is that motivation like hey don't just sit around and do nothing like cock your gun like let's fight back and i and he's using him and kanye as the people that will lead that it's there's something really powerful to that that to put yourself in most deaf's frame of mind like you're most deaf and you're partnering with kanye west and you see all this stuff happening it's not just about telling everybody like hey you need to do something like we need to be the the ones that motivate these people to do something. And that's such a huge point of the Black Star album it was Mos and Talib coming in and looking at the state of hip hop and the state of the culture around hip hop and saying like, we need to be better and we need to do better. We can't have this violence. We need to have culture and unity and like there's more going on. And here he really does position him and Kanye as having a say in people being able to move beyond the shit that's wrecking the environments that they're in. Yeah. Like music is a weapon. Uh, and then you get that next part coming back in where now he's really getting specific in the environment, right? It's not just the United States. It's Brooklyn, New York, specifically Bed-Stuy. It's a bleak, another bleak scenario. Like it's harsh. People are hungry. They know the game and it's not basketball, right? It's drugs. It's crime. And heavy traffic in one lane. But still, even then, despite the heavy traffic, despite it being one lane, like everybody needs to move. Like, get going. We can't just sit here stuck. And then you get most deaf referencing Blackjack, which at the time was his rock band. But actually, Blackjack will come back into the song and has some deeper meaning. Mm, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, so then the chorus comes in, and this time it's not just Kanye, right? It's the Harlem Boys Choir. To get the Harlem Boys Choir, Kanye had to drive out or take a train out to Long Island and go to a camp in the woods, bringing all the recording equipment equipment with him and record these kids at a camp that they were staying at or <laughs> performing at just to get this. That's how much he wanted them for this song. I mean, again, you could see this as totally reading into it way too much, but to think all the way back to We Don't Care and how he opened the album 
and how he really was making music for the kids, and he had kids in that song. Kids sing, kids sing. We weren't supposed to make it past 25. Jokes on you, we still alive. Throw your hands up in the sky and say, we don't care what people say. And that song is all about making music that means more like doing more with yourself and you know making it past 25 like not just being a statistic and again you know this is school spirit on we see kind of getting back to that mentality and here we have him bringing in a boys choir saying throw your hands up and uh, becoming part of the energy he's trying to channel what's a fucking chorus for we don't care <laughs> drug dealing just to get by stack your money till it gets sky high we were supposed to make it past 25 jokes and you still help still alive throw your hands up in the sky <laughs> and say we don't care what people say and you have this you have throw your hands up repeated at the start of the first section throw your hands up at the start of the second section and get them high and now throw your hands up again at the start of the third and final section on two <laughs> words like that doesn't just fucking happen by accident unless it did unless it did but it <laughs> then, sorry sorry about all this uh, doesn't but that's amazing yeah and to go from throw your hands up in the sky and say we don't care to throw your hands up like hustlers busters boosters hoes not just kids but like everybody throw your hands up say fuck that and despite having nowhere to go like keep your hands up till they reach the sky and we're gonna move like everybody move like we're gonna make things happen i'm getting amped i'm gonna make some changes Uh, so we go into verse two which now is the goat himself, Kanye West, coming in. Like with uh, most deaf having the section BKNY Bedsty, Kanye comes in in a similar way, Shy Town Southside. But then instead of narrowing down to that next level, he expands back worldwide. Because <laughs> I rep that till I fucking die. So it's a little, it's a nice twist on what most did by drilling down. But Kanye instead goes macro and says, you know, Southside's become macro because I'm repping that forever. And like, it's going to blow up and go on the map, which is really his mantra. <laughs> like, you don't just Ev- create change in your environment. Like you take it worldwide. Yeah. Every album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one neck, two chains, one waist, two gats. You know, Kanye's not a gun guy, but this is a rare gun reference. Yeah. But I, I think, again, I-, I don't know if I would even read into it as being guns. Like even when most deaf talks about cocking your gun, I think it's more about 
fighting. Like it doesn't have to be a, a literal gun because we know that's not really what Kanye does. And that's not really what most does either. Right. It's more this idea that you wake up feeling dangerous each day and go out and do what you got to do. Yeah. And it's it's like fusing that energy with what Jay-Z's bringing to this song. Like Kanye has two chains on his neck and he has two gats. He's somebody who can both fight back and display your power and like show that I'm not just creating money to wear these chains. Like I create money to raise my status and get to this point where I can reach so many people and get them motivated. I mean, that's that's the connection, right? Like the success that he's demonstrating here is part of him repping Chi-Town and Southside Mm -hmm. and carrying the same way that Jay-Z represents something for him, this level to reach, like Jay did it, I want to do it. He's going to be the person that other people look to and say, like, he's from the South Side. He did it. I can yeah. do it. Yeah. One wall, 20 plaques, dues paid. Give me that. Good stuff. <laughs> Might be my favorite line. Yeah. And then I am limelight, blueprint, five mics. Like, just saying I am limelight, it makes no sense, but it but it works, right? Like, I am fame. I am celebrity. I am which he would go on to reject over the rest of his discography. I was going to say blood on the leaves. Yeah, right? Like, before the limelight toria, before the limelight stolia, Monster as well talks about, like, crossing the limelights. It's amazing how much he's willing to embrace celebrity on this early album, and then you just see over the rest of his discography the downward trajectory that limelight brings. Yeah, and I guess that's really representative of the times he's talking about it because early on to him he thinks achieving celebrity is what's going to allow him to reach all these people and i think later on he discovers that celebrity can really break a person and isn't necessarily how you create a lot of fans like he probably is couldn't be less popular now well not less popular but less revered and less adored than ever yet he still has a lot of fans and people who want to understand him and buy into what he's saying like it's not just about the the status you achieve it's about what you do it's about what you do with your art and how that's reaching the people that still want to listen to you yeah because he could make a my beautiful dark twisted fantasy every single album and just get praised for making these great things but he continues to push the art he continues to try to inspire in different ways and keep like grinding to something that's going to help people. Yeah. Uh, then you get go getters rhyme, like, which is just a, a reference to his old group go getters. And when he says should have been signed twice, I imagine it's a reference that the go getters were great enough that they should have been signed. And then he's great enough as is that he should be signed or now is signed, but go getters should have been signed as well. Uh, most imitated, Grammy nominated, hotel accommodated, cheerleader prom dated, barbershop player hated. Uh, so funny. Uh, and then hater players is a song from black star. That could be a reach on that one. Even the words are reversed, but just having most on the song and already having a respiration reference on the album could be. Yeah. He also talks about it later on everything I am. I think that's just kind of a motif he uses. Going back to the bag for that one. <laughs> mom and pop bootlegged it. So his music so good that even mom and pops are bootlegging it. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, felt like it rained till the roof caved in. 
uh, like everything is going so well that it feels like the roof's caved in. Just that's how good things have been. It's the Rainmaker song, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Rainmaker can give and give, but it proves prescient because the rain really didn't stop for Kanye and it did become a flood that he tried to get away from. Uh, and then you have him finally come back to that opening two words, the same kind of structure that most was using. Shy uh, town comes back again. Raised me crazy. <laughs> it did. He was very upfront about it way back then. Right. Oh, yeah. So I live by two words. Fuck you. Pay me. Get that money. Get that mail. Which people always have an issue with that because they're always like, that's four words, Kanye. But he's still living by like <laughs> two words, right? He's living by like, fuck you. And he's living by pay me. Yeah. I have no problem with that line. No, it's so good. Screaming Jesus save me, which is an interesting contrast. Yeah. To go from this idea that he's living by the idea of like, fuck you, pay me, to then at the same time screaming Jesus save me. I just like there's some sort of um, there's some tension there, right? Because you want to make the money because you want to enact change. But also when you start making money, it can go to your head as we see that happens on this album. So we see Kanye saying, Jesus, save me because he asked Jesus to save him earlier in the album when he's in a much better state, when he's, you know, making the kind of music that does change people and does do a lot of good. But then we see him in that middle four song section of the album losing that a little bit so i don't know I, I feel like there's a lot of tension and power to that line jesus saved me like it's almost like kanye saying at one time i made jesus walks and was doing great but then needed jesus to come back and save me again like i'm always in a state where i need jesus to come in and remind me of why i do what i do well yeah the you know how the game be i can't let them change me <laughs> like i can't let them change me that essentially recaps what we just heard in that middle portion yeah and then gets back with uh his verse or with the refrain of this song recalling so much of the first part of the album we don't care and jesus walks specifically having jesus save me and i can't let him change me and then callbacks to the part of the album before the mid portion where he changed my god yeah it's nuts i can't let him change me because on judgment day you're gonna blame me which <laughs> That's an amazing line, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, all these other people are trying to change him. But at the end of the day, he's the one that either lets it happen or stops it from happening. It's still his control and his choice. And whatever excuses he makes, Jesus won't care. He'll still be like, nah, that was you. Yeah. And that is really powerful then to be like, look, God, it's the same me. Like, he's literally having a conversation with God and a conversation kind of with himself and looking at himself and saying like, Hey, like, are you the same you still? Like, are you still making music for the right reasons? And if he can convince, you know, if he can say to God, I am like, I want to get back to that. He's saying that to himself effectively. And I basically know now we get racially profiled. So now he's saying that I know what happens is that we get racially profiled, cuffed up and hosed down having gone through the experience that he just went through where everybody was trying to change him, it seems like it's connected to the fact that because I'm a black man doing this, like I got profiled and people only wanted a certain thing from me. And that was essentially being cuffed up and hosed down, pimped up and hoed down. And he's not going to stand for that. Yeah. Plus I got a whole city to hold down. 
Like, yeah, he can't be letting that happen when he's supposed to represent Chicago. And we know that extends to worldwide. So there's, again, so much more than just holding a city, hold, holding an entire city down. Like, this almost feels like he's talking about his entire legacy. Yeah. And ending from the bottom. So the top's the only place to go now, which gets back to everything we've been talking <laughs> about with like everywhere, like everybody move the concept of still nowhere to go, but they're actually being a way out through music and Kanye confirms that at the end of the verse yeah there was nowhere to go but the top I can go there now now that I'm in the music industry and this actually recalls a little bit these verses Jesus walks again I walk through the valley of the shower where death is top floor if you alone and leave you breathless try to catch it it's kind of hard getting choked by the Texas yeah yeah I check the method they be asking us questions so there he paints that while going through Chicago like just the idea of the top floor will leave him breathless and he's being choked by detectives like that's just the reality of this situation that he's stuck in that he wants to get out of and now by two words we have this distance and he's saying yeah that happens but now i'm ready for the top and nobody's gonna be able to stop me and then we have on the third verse freeway come in a philly rapper and freeway actually you may remember the Got Nowhere Beanie Siegel song that had We in the Streets play a Get Your Mail. The last verse on that song is by Freeway. <sighs> Twist. So that nowhere to go refrain comes back in at the end of the verse. But then you also have this very like sad verse that looks at this idea that his life is on a downward trajectory. He's thinking about suicide and even the hope of rap at this point and the success that it could bring. He has this vision that is just plain would crash and he'd die that way. But instead of bringing that same energy and voice and kind of rumination to two words freeway brings an entirely different kind of energy I think you could split up uh, Kanye's, Mostef's, and Freeway's verses into like three specific themes. Like Mostef is really getting at the broader societal impact of your art. And Kanye, of course, is looking internally and thinking about how you find that power within. And then we look at Freeway and he's really looking at more of a, a broader industry look. You know, he's he's thinking about the people in your environment that are trying to make you act a certain way or, or the people you have to compete against. And or I guess the mentality in the industry you compete against, you know, how you're expected to be one way and you say, no, like, I'm going to listen to Jay-Z and do what Jay-Z did and just make music the right way. One of the things that is a key technique in not just writing, but in poetry and filmmaking 
and in lyricism, and it's something that we've talked about Kanye doing, it's this idea of parallel construction. So that if you start one verse the same way, you may start the next verse the same way. Or if you end one verse one way, you may end the next. It has that parallel construction, and thus you put the two in juxtaposition together, or it connects the two in a way that you might not otherwise get if you don't have the parallel construction. And there's an idea of where this song comes in as a start of the third part, that it could have a parallel construction to get them high, especially when you look at Talib Kweli and Most Deaf as a unit, both representing Blackstar. And he brought in Talib on Get Em High, and then the... Uh, hero of Kanye common to close out that song but here when you have this next level energy like I'm trying to go this new direction you bring in most deaf which signals kind of a, a return to consciousness uh, getting away from the mistake you made with Talib by just asking Talib to be on like such a bullshit song right <laughs> where Talib himself is like I don't normally do this but okay <laughs> uh, but instead of having common then to close it out as kind of this this veteran that you're using for his presence, you instead have Freeway, which is somebody else that's on his grind and looking to make a name for himself. And he comes in with that energy. And yeah. as Common talked about the industry and other rappers on his verse and Get Him High, you have Freeway doing the same thing. But it's with this where Common's like, nobody can touch me. Like, I've been doing this and like, I look at you, ha. Huh. Freeway's like, nah, I don't care about any of you. I'm replacing your favorite artist. Like, I'm going to leave with his broad. Yeah, I'm going to break necks and break backs. Steven Seagal, like, free young boss, freshman of the rock. He's the freshman. He's got the energy. Um, and that last, like, that last line, fuck around, throw a clip in your artist, leave with his broad. And we talk a lot about Kanye using the metaphor of a woman in a song as his relationship with the public or the music industry, I think you could say the same thing here. Like, he's going to kill other artists, metaphorically, right? Mm -hmm. And get their audience. They're going to be like, oh, fuck that other guy. Like, I'm listening to Freeway now. So then with the outro, most comes back in with the Harlem Boys Choir still. You have most deaf saying red, white, blue, black, which gets at not just the colors of the American flag, right? But then also his people that he's been referring to throughout the song this entire time. Yeah, it reminds me of the end of uh, Black Klansman, which the final shot of the movie is of the American flag, and then it fades to just a black and white image of it. And I, I think that really gets at the idea of making, you know, the American flag is what you want it to be. 
you can be part of Merrick. You can be part of the red, white, and blue, but remember you're black ultimately. Remember that you're fighting for what the American flag is supposed to speak for. Yeah, it's not like America and then you. It's like you're part of America. Yeah. All of us need to throw our hands up. Mm-hmm. Uh, calm down, move back. <laughs> and then you have motherfuckers asking, who is that? <laughs> you know, it's the almighty blackjack, which again, this might seem, it, that's just the band that most deaf, if you want to look at it superficially, that's just the band that most deaf had, right? And at this point, he would just be saying, like, our band's awesome. And then naming himself and Kanye. And then saying, ghetto people, get this shit off your chest. North to the south, to the east, to the west. Which kind of gets back to red, white, blue, black, right? Like, everybody all over the country, all over America, like, you know, get this shit off of your chest. And then he says, Blackjack Johnson, it's no contest. Which gives a little bit more context to blackjack as not just being his band but being more blackjack johnson is the name of his band but the no contest refers to the fact that the band name comes from the boxer blackjack johnson who is known as the galveston giant perhaps the most famous notorious and unforgivable black man of his time jack johnson nicknamed the galveston giant was the first black heavyweight boxing champion Born in Galveston, Texas on March 31st, 1878, Johnson was a man that knew how to get around the rules that were meant to oppress him. He started boxing. Yeah, this dude is massive. He's like Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, right. Uh, looks like George Foreman, Michael Clark Duncan like, <laughs> combined into and a Mike super Tyson. fighter. Yeah. So ending with this idea of the first world heavyweight boxing champion that was black and bringing it to this point saying like you know it's no contest when you have blackjack johnson it almost is like let's channel the energy of this guy let's fight let's like get the shit off our chest let's set records let's change what's going on yeah because obviously blackjack johnson is somebody who broke boundaries who definitely went places he wasn't supposed to who dominated a sport he was never supposed to be a part of and of course, all of that is being channeled in the song. Even going beyond, again, just motivating people to feel that way. You know, how do you motivate that in people? Like, how do you be a, the kind of leader that gets people thinking on the level of Black Jack Johnson and willing to fight back? It's awesome how the song just goes from, like, it covers all the bases from the very personal to the very macro and collective whole. Yeah. And just and, becomes a signal and like battle cry for everybody. It, and that's, I think, ultimately the point of the song is that you should never, never lose what you're trying to do. Like all of that is wrapped up in one, you know, the macro and the micro. The way you act affects, affects the world, affects how other people act. And again, Kanye and Mostef are in that kind of position. You know, Kanye's really going through that mightily today. Like, the way he acts is completely warped his fan base. Yet he has to stay true to what he thinks is right and what he thinks is going to affect change in the end. Yeah. And he says the the kind of thing, right? Like, I say what I say so you can say what you're going to say. And, like, it might not always be viewed the best. It may not always go over well. But, like, know that you two can be able to do this and, like, say it and it'll be okay. Yeah, that's ultimately why I find him motivating is that 
this is maybe a dangerous statement, but even when he's wrong, he's doing something good. He's showing that it's okay to be fearless. And, and, and I think it's okay with Kanye ultimately because he is trying to do good. That of course there are consequences for everything that you do if if you end up doing something that can hurt people. But if you're out to do good and you're out not to hurt people and you're out to bring people together, which I think Kanye is, then that's all that really matters. That you're doing that 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 you feel that inside and that other people are channeling that energy from you. Yeah, I think that's the the caveat to what Kanye says. Right, is that it's not just you should be able to say anything and like that's okay. It's coming from that place of good intent and also the willingness to improve and listen, which is something that Kanye talks about a lot. Like he says these things that may not be fully formed, that may not be educated because he learns from the response from everybody Mm -hmm. and he's going to improve from it and going to continue to educate himself rather than just saying how he says it and closing off and not wanting to hear what anybody else says. I think there's, as with most things, there's like a, a right and wrong way of doing things, right? Nothing's so black and white. Um, and this is one of those things as well. Like him speaking out is inspiring, but it's also coming from this place, as you said, of wanting to do well and wanting to improve. So, I mean, this is a this is a perfect way then to go into Through the Wire. I remember back in the day, I think it was my number two college dropout song. Let's see if it stays. <laughs> Do you think uh, two words? Where do you think that would go? Uh, yeah, we don't rank songs anymore. I don't know. I'd have to look at my list. As far as college dropout, kind of like Never Let Me Down. It's one of the songs in college dropout that has this that has this power that I can't really like put my finger on. Like purely in the production of it and the energy of it, it's something that really grabs me and gets me going. And I mean, the lyrics are great. I don't know. It'd be up there definitely in the top third. Good. I'll accept nothing less. <laughs> it's right behind New Workout Plan and Breathe and Breathe Out. That's okay. We still love you. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, um, nope, I only have two words for you. Stay wavy. Suck it. Or keep it loopy. Keep, <laughs> keep loopy. You can do four words like Kanye did. Suck it, stay loopy. <laughs> Suck it, stay loopy. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood.